Okay, the chapter for our reading and consideration today, and I hope you've already read it before coming to this podcast, is Acts chapter 15. This uh, chapter recounts a very important event in the history of the Christian church. As we've seen in the past few chapters, Gentiles had been coming to faith in Christ in increasing numbers. Because this was such a time of transition for the people of God, many doctrinal issues were still being hammered out. Among those doctrinal issues was that of what to do with these Gentiles as it pertained to keeping the law of Moses. And so it's a meeting that would shape the Christian church forever afterwards. Um, So let's just think really broadly today from this chapter about understanding the purpose and the role of the law law of Moses. We won't really have several different um, points, just this one uh, issue that is at the forefront of Acts 15. Understanding the purpose and the role of the law of Moses. Well, the situation in this chapter is is laid out pretty, pretty, pretty clearly in a couple of places. In verse 1 it says, quote, that some men came down from Judea and were teaching the Gentile brothers, unless you are circumcised, According to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. And then again in verse 5, some Pharisees who had trusted Christ stood and responded to Paul and Barnabas, saying of the Gentiles, quote, It is necessary to circumcise them and to order them to keep the law of Moses. So clearly at issue here is the continuing role of the rules and regulations of the law of Moses in the life of a believer of Jesus Christ. And while this may not seem to you an immediately important issue in your life, or even if you feel like you already know and are settled in what you believe about this issue, it is still very important to think through, not only for your walk with Christ, but also with regard simply to uh, understanding a major issue in the Bible. There were some who were attempting to force obedience Uh, to the law onto Gentile believers as we just saw as a necessary step in salvation well why is that wrong and if it is wrong how should we approach understanding the law well there are in general general three uses of the law three uses of the law Uh, the first is the civil or political use of it the Old Testament law was uh, not just God's moral law to them, but in, in the Old Testament, it was the law of the land <laughs> in Israel, uh, not just of their spiritual lives. I mean, remember ancient Israel, uh, prior to um, uh, naming Saul king and then David and all the rest, they were a theocracy. So um, the law of Moses was was the law of the land in ancient Israel. Um, so, Still today, the the moral law of the Old Testament um, embodied in the Ten Commandments, uh, whether people want to recognize it or not, still has a strong influence in our civil laws. I mean, if you've lived in Alabama very long, we're still voting on amendments just most recently uh, about, um, you know, the display of Ten Commandments on government property. Um, as a recognition of their influence in our system of laws and justice. That's the, the civil or political use of the law of Moses. The, the second use of the law, second of the three uses, might be called, and 
fancy name alert, fancy name alert, um, the pedagogical <laughs> use of the law, pedagogical use of the law. This simply means that it serves the function of leading or guiding us somewhere. Where might that be? To Christ. This use of the law, seeing, seeing the holy demands of the Ten Commandments, uh, and, and it, those, those heavy demands, those heavy moral demands that the Ten Commandments place on us, they serve to bring us under conviction of our sin. And we, when we read the, the law, when we read the Ten Commandments, if, if the Holy Spirit is speaking to us through the Word and we have ears to hear, we are, we, what, we, what we experience in that moment is, is a, a, a deep awareness of how far short we constantly fall of those holy demands. And it's, it's this deep conviction of sin when we read the law that brings, us, uh, that, that brings us to Christ, drives us to Christ, leads us to Christ for salvation because we know we need forgiveness. Paul told the Galatians uh, that the law was our guardian until Christ came, meaning that its convicting power was leading us to seek the salvation that was to be found only in Christ. This is a function of the law that is still relevant today. It is still true that no one can live up to the holy demands of God in his law, and his moral character that is displayed in the law has not changed. And so the, the, moral, uh, the moral law of God uh, is always and forever. So uh, still true that we can't live up to it, which should bring us under conviction and seek the mercy to be found in Jesus alone. That's the second use. And, uh, and it is this use, this use of the law, that is at issue at, in a major way in this chapter in Acts 15. Notice how in verse 1, the claim is not unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be faithful to God. It is rather unless you are circumcised according to the custom of Moses, you cannot be saved. They were making obedience to the custom of the law a matter of salvation. Now, we've said this is an impossibility. The power of the law is its ability to convict us of our inability to keep it. Neither circumcision nor any other command of the law is a prerequisite to forgiveness and salvation in Christ. The fact is, Jesus is the one who kept the law in perfect obedience for us so that when we uh, stand before the Lord, we might have a righteousness to, to, uh, to, to have before God, as Paul said in Philippians 3, 9, not having a righteousness of my own, but that righteousness that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. As far as anyone's salvation is concerned, it is based on Jesus adherence and obedience to the law not ours so it's the second use of of the law that is at play here and we have to be clear on that but there is a third use of the law that i'll just say before we close because i've mentioned that there are three and we call this the normative use of the law the normative use of the law that is while we understand that we cannot be saved by keeping the law since we will uh, never keep it perfectly as Jesus did for us, we do understand, like I said, that the moral law reflected in the Ten Commandments, for example, are simply a reflection of the et eternal 
um, unchanging moral character of God. And thus, they are still a guide for us to follow. It shows us the way of holiness. It's not a contradiction that the apostles and elders laid uh, on the Gentiles in this chapter some requirements to keep, verses 19 and 20 and 28 and 29, because the requirements were there as a guide to holiness, not, a, not as a means to salvation. This is the use of the law that is most pertinent to us today as believers. Jesus never came to abolish the law, and in fact, Matthew 5, 17 says, I, he says very uh, specifically, I did not come to abolish the law. And Paul says in 1 Timothy 1, 8, that uh, there is still a lawful way to use the law. The lawful way, implying that there is an unlawful way to use it, but a lawful way to use it. And the lawful way to use the law for the Christian is to understand that Jesus is the only one who kept the law sufficiently for our salvation, but that the law is still there as a guide for us to walk in holiness before him. Those are some important thoughts from this important chapter of Acts chapter 15.